from Duck Creek Technologies, it's Conversations on the Creek, the podcast series where we interview our partners about how the latest technology and insure tech is transforming the PNC insurance industry. I'm Rob Savitsky from the Duck Creek product marketing team. And I'm Peter Hers from the Duck Creek Solution Partner Team. And in today's episode, we're so thrilled to be joined by Patrick Kimball, Director, Sales and Business Development at Split Limit Studios, who share his perspective on the state of workers' comp insurance and the rise of pay-as-you-go billing. In case you don't know Split Limit Studios, they are a leading provider of workers' compensation, pay-as-you-go technology solutions, both for insurance carriers and national agencies. Patrick, how are you? I am doing great, Rob. Good to uh, be here this morning. Excited to uh, speak with you and Peter and uh, looking forward to this conversation. Patrick, it's good to hear your voice again. Definitely looking forward to meeting you in person in 2022. (laughs) Yes, I look forward to meeting you and many others in person in 2022. (laughs) Soon enough, hopefully uh, we'll be able to get together. But uh, until then, let's let's have this conversation here and uh, let's see where it takes us. So, uh, Patrick, to kick us off, uh, what are some of the key trends impacting workers' comp? You know, it's it's interesting, Rob. I've I've given some thought. You know, to, as as you think about what's happening in the workers' comp space, there's a number of things going on, um, and I'll focus really on the things that seem to be impacting us and, and our segment of the market from a billing perspective. Um, first off, we we typically, you know, the extended in a soft market. Um, you know, we've had a workers comp as remains very competitive with many new entrants in the market and, you know, it's carriers, it's large national agencies, you know, developing programs. So you've got the program managers um, and the market's been soft for a number of years. Uh, and, and, you know, that has continued. In fact, you know, since 2016, premiums have been decreasing and it was pretty drastic. It, it was uh, the decrease in overall workers' comp premiums from 2019 to 2020 was, was about 10%. Uh, we saw the same thing in our, you know, in our book of, you know, the business that we're managing for our customers. Uh, we saw premiums decrease by about uh, 12% over that same period of time. Um, The other, so in addition to the continuation of the soft market, um, security and data privacy have been, you know, one of the things we've been contending with. You know, you, when you read the news or you look at, you know, any insurance information or just, you know, pick up a newspaper, you can hardly go a day without reading about um, a ransomware attack, a cyber attack, you know, where personal data is stolen. so, you know, more often we are seeing carriers very early on in the process um, doing security evaluations and, you know, validating that their customer data is secure with us. Got it. Makes sense. And, you know, given that we're in the soft market and there's a lot of parity, um, you know, all the regulation and, you know, the challenges in, in standing out in a crowded field. Um, I'm curious, what are, what have you seen uh, carriers do to uh, differentiate themselves and actually stand out in this in the soft market? You know, carriers, what I'm seeing today is that they are very focused on the customer interaction, the customer experience. They are trying to, you know, they have interactions through 
um, you know, the primary personal interactions when the person buys a policy or when a person has a claim. But so really, when you think about that digital experience, they want they're, they're trying to improve the digital experience. Um, carriers are also looking for ways to make it convenient for policyholders and providing flexibility with payment options. And, you know, one of those options is pay as you go billing. Totally makes sense. And, you know, I can say that our, on our end at Duck Creek, we're definitely seeing a lot of that innovation and a focus on digital experiences. Uh, you know, a quick example that comes to mind would be a Greenfield insurer in Sarity, which uh, developed an intuitive direct-to-consumer digital experience that allowed the small business owner to purchase workers' comp in five minutes or less. And so I think that, you know, as you said, uh, you know, given how crowded the market is, you got to find ways to stand out on a, on a customer experience standpoint across the insurance life cycle. And so I think we'll definitely see more of that in the, in the months and years to come. Patrick, um, more recently, what impact has COVID-19 had on the market? You know, it's a great question, Peter. We, we have seen, um, obviously, one, one of the things carriers have been dealing with is the regulatory and economic challenges. You know, when, when the pandemic initially hit, uh, carriers, you know, there were states, I think California would be a good example, where there was basically a moratorium, you know, on, for carriers being, you know, they couldn't cancel a policy or if somebody wasn't paying that, you know, they couldn't cancel for non-pay initially. Um, basically, they had to allow extended grace periods because of the economic challenges resulting from the pandemic. Um, you know, as a result of that, we had to pivot very quickly. So Split Limit Studios, you know, what we had to do, we had to build some capabilities in our software to support the grace period functionality because we really didn't have a way to accommodate that either. You know, our system would be looking for payroll data to calculate the premiums. And, you know, obviously if a business is shut down, there's no payroll and, you know, carriers aren't able to bill for their workers' comp. Uh, so we had to accommodate for that type of capability <clears throat> so that policyholders, you know, would be given that extended uh, grace period. And when they were back at work, you know, when people and businesses opened back up, they needed extended times to do, you know, to provide the repayment of the premiums, you know, maybe over a 30 or 60 day period. Right, right. And returning to your original point about the soft workers comp market, when do you think the soft market will end? I mean, assuming we can beat down COVID and the Delta variant. Will a return to in-person work be the key lever that pushes us toward a hardening of the market? You, you know, I, I think that's another great question. I, I So I'll, I'll look into the crystal ball a little bit, but it, it's tough to, to, to really identify if that will certainly be the change. I think going back to, um, you know, I think the market will start to harden as people return to work. I think the other challenge, and I just was reading about this, that because we're having a, you know, businesses are having a problem hiring people, you know, you're gonna all of a sudden have people in working for, um, you know, working for businesses where they don't necessarily have the experience. You know, maybe they're not an experienced, you know, working in a restaurant or working, you know, in a salon or wherever it is. And I think as a result of that, you know, potentially you have an increase in claims because people are having to go to work very, you know, they don't have time to train. They're not taking the time to maybe train as much as they would. Um, so I think that that will help 
you know, turn the soft market. And then there's also the possibility that carriers are going to see, you know, an increasing number of COVID claims when people return to work. So I think the, the you know, and, and potentially, I don't know where the, I think the verdict is out on working at home, if that's going to have an impact on workers' comp claims as well. I think over the long haul, I think there people will see more claims from work at home. But um, so clearly there's a number of factors I th that will impact, you know, this soft market and hopefully return it to, um, you know, harden it a little bit. So Patrick, changing gears a little bit, what would you say are some of the main challenges with the way billing uh, and workers' comp has historically been done by insurers? You know, it's, it's interesting because traditionally workers' comp premiums, you know, it's, it's a very simple calculation. You, you're looking at, um, you know, premiums are based on predicted payroll. So whatever someone's payroll was the prior year, maybe you predict, you know, five or 10% growth or whatever, you know, you know, whatever the business is doing. So you predict what the future, what the following year is going to be. And then of course you, you um, utilize class codes or the type of work that's being performed. So it's payroll and the type of work performed. And the challenge is that payroll, you know, that payroll is estimated. So it's not, there's no certainty in future payroll. And so when you have fluctuations in the market, such as the contraction that we saw in, you know, 2020, um, and then of course this year, we're starting to see some, you know, some growth in the market, but, but clearly we're not quite fully back yet. There's a lot of people still not working and a lot of businesses are still looking to try to hire people. Um, but the problem is that, you know, if you, base your workers comp premium on estimated payroll and the payroll is a lot less people are paying you know employers uh small businesses or businesses are paying for premium that they that really hasn't been earned by the carrier because the payroll is not there so their payroll is lower than what was estimated um and so i think that causes you know some challenges and carriers are either potentially having to give money back at the end of the year because when they do the audit, they find that, you know, they build them, they thought payroll was going to be, you know, 2x, it was 1x, and as a result, they've got to return premium. Or in a case of a business that has grown, the premium has, you know, was, was 2x versus 1x, and as a result, they're trying to collect premium at the end of the year from the policyholder, which is not a great experience for the policyholder either way. Um, you know, obviously, you'd prefer to get money back, but that means you paid more than needed throughout the year. Makes sense. Yeah, I think, you know, anyone, if anyone has been more challenged and, and hurt during during this time, it's the small business owners. And so, um, you know, being able to have that cash flow on hand and use it towards uh, activities that, that deliver value definitely makes a right. lot of sense. And so... I definitely see your your point. So definitely uh, no shortage of challenges. How does pay-as-you-go billing address some of them? And, and what are the key benefits insurers realize from utilizing it? So, so pay-as-you-go is a, is a great option for policyholders because what, what, what pay-as-you-go billing does is it takes the payroll, it calculates the premium based on the current payroll. So each payroll period, we calculate the premium due based upon current rates, the payroll and the classification of each employee. So we're calculating it, you know, 
each payroll period and we're invoicing the customer. And so what that does is that provides a lot of, it provides cash flow for the policyholder um, because they're not having to pay more premium. You know, it's based upon their payroll. So if their payroll is higher, they pay a little bit more premium. If it's payroll is lower, they'll pay less. Um, so it provides them with improved cash flow. There's also better retention. We see um, time and again where pay-as-you-go customers tend to have a 3% or so higher retention rate than other customers. And I just validated that with one of our recent customers. They have a very large pay-as-you-go book, and we were talking about customer retention, and their pay-as-you-go book was 3% higher which that's pretty significant um, in terms of value to the carrier, as well as to the policyholder. They, they like that program. Um, also, it provides the opportunity for increased profitability because, you know, carriers are able to identify payroll and classification discrepancies early in the policy lifecycle because they're getting, you know, if there's any new class codes or anything like that coming to them, we'll capture it right away each payroll period. So if a policy is endorsed midterm with a new type of, you know, new class, new class code, um, you know, that they'll capture the, the, the proper premium on that payroll each period. Um, the other thing we're seeing is that, um, you know, you have to, you almost have to have it. It's like table stakes. You know, nine of the top 10 workers' comp carriers offer pay-as-you-go billing. And we're seeing an increase in the number of carriers reaching out to us, uh, which I think speaks to, you know, the value of the relationship that we have with our integration, because, you know, several of your customers have come to us and, and that's proving very valuable uh, in our in our current, you know, uh, sales pipeline and as we work with customers. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. So Patrick, uh, you know, you mentioned that the adoption of uh, pays ago has really taken off. And so I'm curious if you could maybe dispel some myths around who uh, it is being used for. And so next question, fact or fiction, pays ago billing is only utilized by small businesses. Well, I would say that that is fiction. Um, Pay-as-you-go billing is very representative of a carrier's book. So if you're a carrier that writes small business, of course, your book is going to reflect small business policies. Um, we have customers that have average policy sizes ranging from, you know, a small policy, small business, you know, where it's two, three thousand dollars a year to customers where their average premium is fifty, sixty thousand dollars or more. Um, we see all of those policies on pay-as-you-go. I mean, we have a pay-as-you-go, we have several pay-as-you-go policies that have million-dollar premiums. So we know that large policies benefit, you know, large, you know, your larger customers, your customers who are paying a higher premium, they benefit from pay-as-you-go as well. But uh, clearly there's more small customers out there. There's more small businesses out there than there are, you know, large businesses. So clearly, that's what you'll see more of. Um, you know, interestingly, our largest category of business is, you know, under 5,000, but not by much. It's, it's only makes up about 35% of our business. The second largest category is, is in the 10 to $25,000 range. Um, and that makes up almost 25% of our business. So we know that businesses of all sizes can benefit from pay-as-you-go billing. And that makes sense. I mean, yeah, like you said, given that there are an overall number, 
greater number of small businesses that they would perhaps have more pay as you go. But looking across the spectrum, it's great to see that it's it's being used by carriers or sorry, by businesses of all of all sizes and industries and dimensions. Yep. So get your crystal ball out one more time, Patrick. Five to ten years from now. Uh, what does the future of pay as you go billing in workers' comp and other lines of business look like? I think the key is there other lines of business. So from a workers' comp standpoint, I think what we're what we're seeing today is tighter and better integration with payroll companies, uh, with payroll data, access to payroll data to further streamline the payroll reporting process. So we know that there's a lot of movement in the payroll space. Um, you know, heck, there's even a carrier out there that provides workers comp and does payroll at the same time. They see the advantage of that. Um, we also see expansion of pay-as-you-go into other lines of business beyond workers' comp. For instance, general liability. Um, you know, you've got policies there. Some of some GL policies are based on um, payroll data. Others are based on gross receipts. But you know, we think that there's an opportunity to um, take that data, whether it's gross receipts or payroll data, and calculate general liability. Commercial auto would be another where you could potentially calculate based on miles driven, or maybe it's um, power units or something like that. Uh, but we definitely see where pay-as-you-go will expand into these other lines of business where it's basically like a usage-based, um, you know, when you think about usage-based insurance. Um, I think the other piece will be you'll see other lines of business, whether they're usage-based or not, just wrapped into the whole pay-as-you-go billing model. Um, you know, maybe what we'll do, maybe a bot policy, you know, if somebody has 26 pay periods, we could take the bot premium divided by 26 and just collect it, you know, take a slice of it each pay period, along with calculating the workers comp premium, the GL and maybe the commercial auto. Um, so we could package it all up together. You know, I, I think that's where we're headed with this. And I think it's a really good opportunity for the market. Makes sense. Yeah, no, it'll be interesting to see uh, where where the market goes from that respect. And yeah, I think that bundling concept definitely goes back to your original point about customer experience and giving the small businesses that opportunity to understand their cash flows all at one time and be able to pay all their bills at once definitely gives them a lot more flexibility and, and planning ability as they move forward and think about their operations. Agreed. So, Patrick, before we wrap up here, anything else you'd like to add here today? Uh, you know what? I'm excited about having our first customer, our first Duck Creek customer, potentially be using our connector to implement TruePay. Um, you know, that, that'll be a great first for us. And I want to thank you, Robert and Peter and the folks at Duck Creek for providing uh, Split Limit Studios this opportunity. Awesome. Well, we're excited, too. Thank you, Patrick. And thank you all for tuning in today. Before we conclude today's episode, I'd like to highlight that Duck Creek Billing and Policy are integrated with Split Limit Studios, which enables insurers to bill premiums based on their policyholders' actual payroll period information. To learn more about our integration with Split Limit Studios, go to duckcreek.com partner split hyphen limit hyphen studios. And if you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to check out all of our other episodes and subscribe to Conversations on the Creek on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and duckcreek.com. We'll see you later.